welcome to another episode of Gaming the System. Um, we are the feminist podcast um, where three intersectional feminists examine gaming through a feminist lens. Um, we're your hosts and I'm Jem and we have Alex. Hello. And Hi. Matt. Hello, everyone. And we will be discussing today social gaming. And we don't mean as in um, games where you socialize. We mean face-to-face gaming or, as we were talking about in our last episode, head-to-head gaming, but in a more friendly way. Um, So, But before we start, I just wanted to say that if you love what we do, then please make sure that you share um, our podcast widely. Let your friends see it. Pass it on to somebody who you think might be interested. Um, Or um, if you really love our podcast, you can sign up for our Patreon at uh, patreon.com gaming the system. If you also aren't a fan of Patreon um, but you would like to give us a one-off donation that would be amazing and would very much make our Christmas Uh, and you can do that via PayPal um, at wearegamingthesystem at gmail.com so with all that out of the way shall we get on with today's topic so we are um, recording this on the 2nd of December Um, And I think it will be going out a little bit later than that. However, um, for that reason, I wanted to share with you something that we've got this year for our our advent calendar. And it is... It's a... um, I know that band. holding up the box for everyone who isn't isn't, um, watching us on, on YouTube. If you if you don't watch us on YouTube, you probably should. Um, but um, yeah, it's a it's a really big box, a big sort of board game size box, and it says Advent Calendar, and it's called The Silent Storm, uh, with twenty four exciting riddles, and it's by the Exit Exit the Game Escape Room at Home Experience. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so I. I traditionally had made um a um a nice little calendar of pockets for my daughter many years ago and every year we put pocket we put stuff in the pockets for her and um because I try to be mindful about my Christmas purchasing um I I always try and fill the pockets with things that she is going to get something in some enjoyment from and um and most years I fail (laughs) I've done a number of um Christmas Legos where she takes a bit of Lego out each day and um builds up a Christmas themed Lego scene um and she she hates Lego (laughs) she's always hated Lego so I think myself and my my husband got more fun out of that than she ever did um but I didn't just want to put chocolate in this in these things so but it's got harder and harder over the years to find something practical and sensible and useful to put in there so this year I thought well I will still do the pockets and 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 I put the chocolates in the pockets but um when I was at the um board game cafe that we were talking about in our last episode I saw this there 
And I thought, oh, that's quite interesting. And I've never done an actual escape room because I'm quite scared of being locked in a space with a bunch mm. of people at the mercy of our logic, especially my logic, which is I'm I'm awful at puzzles. Um, so this felt like a a fun way to maybe kind of see how how these things work and the way the way the game works and this is apparently they've been doing these for for a few years so you may have come across them before but the the way that it works is you you have to work out clues to um find out what the next door is that you need to open and then the next door gives you clues to the next door so instead of it all having days on you just get a a box of 24 boxes basically and then you you follow the clues around to open each one and um we've just done two doors of this so far and it's been so much fun and so engaging and yeah definitely a a really fun game so with all of that in mind, I was wondering what your um, most interesting advent calendars have been in past years. And it doesn't matter if it's just an awesome picture or, you know, a, whatever. <laughs> well, I'm probably going to answer much in the same theme as you, Jen, because I bought my partner, Tom, uh, one of those exact advent calendars that you've just shown us, except it was a different <laughs> story uh, last year, and we had great fun with it. Um, in that one, we had to discover uh, or find Santa's golden book, which had the list of, of all the, um, I think it was all the children that were getting presents. I'm not exactly sure, but something along those lines. And uh, like you say, you had to find the clues to the next door and the next door. Um, but the, the story itself was really engaging, like you said, and you had a little notepad and a clue guide um, where you could find the answers if you got really stuck, because a lot of them were actually really tricky. Uh, they do get your brain working. And oftentimes we'd end up not having enough time to do one um, by the time we got ourselves together and had sorted everything out during the day. Um, so we had built up a stack of of maybe four or five different doors that we'd have to go through and just we'd spend like a couple of hours doing a set of doors um, because they do take up a lot of time it's not just uh, oh yeah we've done that one on to the next one but it's a really fun experience and I'd say that's definitely the most unusual and engaging advent calendar that I've had the experience of um, in the lead up to Christmas so yeah the I think they're called exit games aren't they um, definitely worth a look. They're obviously not the cheapest advent calendars you could potentially buy, but I think in terms of an experience, um, they're absolutely wonderful. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, so I shall maybe think about getting one for next year because I haven't got one this year, but uh, might put a word in with somebody and see about one for next year. Yeah, I'm not, I've never been a particularly Christmassy person, so mm-hmm. I don't invest much into um, uh, stuff like advent calendars. Um, at the minute, I, I'm pretty sure my mum and sister have that same that exact uh, exit game um, calendar that you've got, Jam. Um, but at the minute, my dad has a gin calendar, so he gets a different shot of gin 
um, every day. Oh, I like the sound of that. <laughs> yeah, I like gin. So that would suit me. It's quite expensive, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, some I think of them, it's quite I think, can be hundreds how, of pounds, how, can't they? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, some of them can be, yeah, and you can get them with all sorts of things in them. Um, I just... Uh, yeah, I just made my life difficult for myself. <laughs> Beware of the traditions that you start. That's the um, important thing. Um, so we'll move away from Christmas now. Matt, you'll be very pleased to hear. Um, and um, I just so with, on the subject of escape rooms, have either of you ever done an escape room or, um, you know, a, aside from the advent calendar that you did last year alex or like um because <laughs> uh, you can do these like online escape rooms as well can't you with friends and things like that i've never done a physical one no um i think i've always been interested in doing one but just never had the occasion to because obviously you'd need a group of people who you you are up for doing it as well um and then but there's all sorts of different ones available in various locations. The other thing I have to factor in, obviously, to sound like a broken record for any regular listeners, is accessibility as well. Um, and whether whether the escape rooms themselves are, are accessible for me um, is another question I haven't fully looked into. But I'd definitely be keen on doing one. It always reminds me of watching, um, you know, those television shows growing up, things like um, Crystal Maze and Jungle Run and all that sort of stuff, um, which are really, really fun. They look really fun to get involved with. Um, But yeah, I don't know whether I'd also feel quite a lot of anxiety, like you say, with the idea of being locked in somewhere. You know that eventually you're (laughs) going to be let out. But um, yeah, I I don't think I could do a horror-themed one. That would that would be too scary, I think. Mm, uh, mm. Just a nice puzzle one, and uh, one that reminds me of like the Professor Layton games. That would be that would be nice. Um, but yeah, I'd definitely be up for doing one. I just never done a physical one. I don't think you sound like a stuck record, and I think because it was exactly what I was thinking actually mm. as I as I was as I was thinking about it because I, I wonder how accessible those spaces actually are to. To yeah, because some of it might be quite um, physical. It might involve climbing or, mm. you know, all sorts of different things. Mm. Yeah. Well, maybe one of our um, listeners can let us know how accessible yeah. these these environments are. So what about you, Matt? Have you ever done any any of them? Yeah, I did, um, like, a very long time ago, did a crystal maze one. I loved oh. the crystal maze. That was an absolute mm. classic. Um, there was something that I thought of um, last in our last episode because we were talking about talking about people and how much luck of the draw it is, um, whether you're going to have a good experience or not when it comes to face-to-face gaming because it depends on – because it might be a great game, but it might not be the kind of people that you, you gel with. And then um, – but if you're with good people, then – it can make a less like objectively like intense, interesting game. It can make it better, but can also make it 
still frustrating if if the game isn't good enough but you enjoy the people yeah. so that's sort of thing and the thing i i think of quite often is i like uh, you know you know the um the phrase hell is other people you know that so i find that, mm-hmm. find that quite funny but when i googled it it's actually an incomplete um concept because it's um from a play by john paul sartre mm. and the play the play is about um, a guy who goes to goes gets sent down to hell, um, and he's there, and he gets shown to his sort of his little apartment, and he's going, "But where's the fire and brimstone? Where's the where are the pitchforks?" And he goes, "Oh no, that's you've been listening to like all the all the papers. That doesn't happen down here." And I think he turns out that it's just him and two other people in hell, and so <laughs> his his the statement is a literal. Oh, hell is other people. That's what <laughs> hell is. Um, but then it comes on to later on that the other side of that coin is that heaven is each other. So mm-hmm. hell is people apart, not together. But heaven is those same people, but together. Mm-hmm. And that that that's one of those things that, that that's really clever and poncy and and <laughs> philosophy and oh aren't i clever but it's really good it's that's i think that's a really mm. interesting he's an existentialist which uh but yeah so that's that's what has got me thinking like reframing my perspective on gaming with other people um that's really interesting actually that's made me think a little bit about um uh oh gosh what's it called uh, laser quest and yeah. um you know like when you go and play laser quest i I've, I've only played it a couple of times but my daughter went through a phase of where everyone at her school was having laser quest parties for their birthday so so i had to go and watch quite a few um and if there's not enough people in your group then to to fill the the space then then you just get other random people in you know and so so that's one of those games where you just turn up and you don't know who you're necessarily going to be playing mm. with i mean if you're in a big group you can you can make it so it's two teams of your people but you have to be in like you have to be about 24 people i think for that to work in some places so so sometimes you might turn up and you, you might be basically a team of like guys going out for a work stew and there's a bunch of like eight-year-olds having yeah. their birthday party on the other team and so i think it's i think that's one of those situations where like the the other people in the in the space are beyond your control and they can really make or break whether yeah. it's a fun a fun event or a, a a complete and utter like wipe out of one of the groups or you know it's just it's it, it's really interesting and I know mm-hmm. that like for some of those birthday parties there was definite there were people of, of lots of different ages in there so you know there'd be a couple of parents in there and then there'd be like a bunch of teenagers <laughs> and then there'd be all your kids racing around and uh, they always seem to have fun but from my perspective <laughs> I think you're right, Matt. I think, I think you know, with all these things, it games are the space, aren't they? They're the environment and the and the the people that you're with. That's mm. what makes them good or bad, you know. If, yeah. you, if you're going to do something sociable, 
So yeah, I remember in, oh, sorry, I was just going to jump in and say I have actually done Laser Quest before um, in university. And once I once my energy ran out, it became a sort of I'm just going to stay here and hide <laughs> kind of experience <laughs> because obviously it's quite physical and involves a lot of running around. And the other half of the, the, um, the other team, as it were, I think were made up of quite a lot of younger kids. And they were quite cocky and, you know, just running around and stuff. And I was just like, well, just going to sit and hide here. Because <laughs> after a little while, I, mm. I got a bit tired. And um, this was when I was more physically capable, let's say. Um, and then I think, actually, thinking about it, I have also done a similar thing, which was paintball. And that was in secondary school for a birthday party. And that was actually more traumatic because um, I obviously wasn't very good at at it for various reasons um and uh got shot in the mouth with a with a paintball it came like not actually through the mask but like it hit my face and I could taste paint um and I got obviously quite a lot of bruises on my arms you get the little round like pellet bruises um and the guns were really heavy and also running around in the woods with a heavy gun is not not my idea of of a fun time <laughs> but you know the company I was with like my friends who were whose um it was a birthday party again um it was great spending time with them but the actual environment and what we had to do was not a fun experience for me no. physically speaking no. um and the, there were physical repercussions for the following days with all the bruises but yeah no. um so mixed experiences I think I would say um definitely strange but yeah not not ones I'd be jumping at jumping up to go and do again soon I don't think fair enough no I've never done um yeah I've never done paintballing that that just scares me too much not fun (laughs) how about you Matt have you ever done paintballing yeah I've done both of them a while ago very long time ago and uh yeah, it was fun, fun enough um, at the time. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's one of the things you look back a bit older and you go, oh, that's all that running. Yeah. And all that. <laughs> too much. All it's that. Far too much. Like, yeah. Rubbish. I am so much more discerning now about what I choose to yeah. invest my energy in. Um. And that's partially why I've always done uh, solo gaming stuff um, is because uh, a PlayStation is reliable. Mm. A PlayStation consoles will always give you, you can show up and they'll give you the experience that you're looking for. Mm. Um, Whereas in-person gaming, it's a completely different kind of experience. And so it, it, there's a lot more uncertainty and risk involved to because it could be it could be a great experience, but equally it could be a a draining experience that takes things from you as opposed to rejuvenating you, which is what you can rely on, say, a PlayStation to do. Um, but there is the. I wonder what the two of you think is the. The motivation, because it's you putting yourself out there, and 
putting yourself you've got that we've talked about what it's like being a woman at in-person things as well how that adds a an element to it so i wonder is is it worth the risk do you think trying to engage more in the world of in-person gaming i think so Mm. yeah i don't think um there's anything that would stop me from doing it in terms of like just my considerations for like my safety and well-being i mean obviously aside from physical factors if it was say like a board gaming cafe or even just going around to friends' houses to game and things. Um, and obviously, if it's in a public environment, um, there are those factors to consider. But I don't think it should stop anyone from engaging because we want society to be more inclusive and accessible for everybody. And, and avoiding things like that is just going to embed the that these things aren't going to become more inclusive and accessible if we're, if we're not there how are they going to help us cater for us, if that makes sense? It's like the old adage where people get asked, oh, uh, why don't you have a ramp into your shop? Oh, because we don't get any disabled customers. Well, actually, that's, that's probably the reason why you don't is because, you know, it's like the chicken and egg thing. Um, so if I think there's no reason that um, women in general shouldn't be going and doing these things because it's our right to, like, as same as everyone else to go and enjoy these sorts of things and feel safe doing so. I mean, obviously, Matt, you're alluding to the everything that comes with being a woman and feeling safe in public spaces. And that is one, it's one thing saying, yes, we should be able to do that. And another thing actually being able to do it safely. Um, um, so yeah, there's definitely things to think about, but I don't think we should be so worried as to not go and do it, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I think you've you've explained it really well there, Alex. I think it's it's a. I think that the biggest concern that I have is that the patriarchal shenanigans and bad behaviour that we see from men who think that they have a right to lord over spaces or own spaces and exclude other people. Um, And I'm including um, people with disabilities and people of colour and people, you know, um, who are not male. Um, You know, if, if we allow them to control those spaces by not um entering them because they make us feel uncomfortable then then that is going to be a real problem you know we have to this has to be we have every right to be there and even though sometimes it can be uncomfortable most of the time it isn't actually most of the time it's fine and generally it's okay 
Um, and so I think it's about recognizing dealing with the genuine problems whilst pushing back against the perceived problems that might mm. prevent people from from getting involved. So, for example, I think what we're doing here as with Gaming the System is that we are talking about how, you know, women game, people of colour game, people with disabilities game, people, you know, people are, all sorts of different people are gaming and games that are designed for those people are doing really well. There is an audience, there is a group, we do exist and it's not unusual or strange or niche. And Mm. the more we do that, the better it is. So the more women who go to gaming cafes, the more female friendly they will become the more disabled people you know use go there and say why haven't you got a ram you know or or call up and ask about accessibility and I know I'm not I recognize the issue of putting all of that um pressure on 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 individual groups is not acceptable so I'm not I'm not saying that's what it should how it should be but you know the more that we challenge that the better, I think, and I, yeah. I, I genuinely do think that playing board games is an excellent way of communicating, or playing games is an excellent way of, of communicating with other people in a sort of non-confrontational manner, or rather the confrontation yeah. might just be in the game as mm. opposed to in the conversation. So I, I hear what you're saying, Matt, and I think, you know, there's, there is definitely a concern that these are um, spaces that are, are not necessarily friendly to non-male players, but I think that is changing. I, and I think, you know, I've seen plenty of pictures of my female friends going to axe-throwing sessions you know there's all these indoor places now where you can do axe throwing and golf and mini golf and stuff and I've seen yeah. just as many pictures of my female friends going out for a night doing that as I have my male friends and I think it probably wasn't that many years ago that it would have just been a lad's night out um yeah yeah just have to push you back, could almost apply you? the same thinking to like spaces like the gym or like a leisure center where you're playing other types of games in in sports, I suppose. Um, And then also, I think it does remind me, this conversation of the episode we did about um, gaming in pubs. I think we had some very similar discussions there. So if that's piqued anyone's interest, do feel free to search back through our catalogue and go and listen. But yeah, I definitely think you could apply similar thoughts to those sorts of places as well. Yeah, I think it's another place where, unfortunately, it needs a uh, a sizable amount of women to um, be the first people through the door mm. to break the door open. So rather than something being 100% male, women go in deliberately to make it 15% female mm. and then that's a beachhead for more women to come in. And like you say, places like these axe throwing places and mini golf and gyms are places where women have had to force their way in and then hold the door open for the women 
behind them. Um, but it's it's just it is unfair that it's unfair that that has to be the responsibility. Women have to be responsible for for carving out these places for themselves. And that's uh, that's frustrating. But we can ask our male listeners um, to and and our female listeners, anyone who's going to these spaces, to to hear that and to try and find ways to encourage and support other people who maybe don't feel as comfortable in those environments. If everyone, if everyone can sort of work towards making it a better space for everyone, then that that's you know, that little by little that will improve. And I think I think places like the board game cafes are starting to do that because they're making those spaces very family friendly. Um and and in the case of the one in my local town, um accessible. Um and you know it's yes you could buy alcohol there but um it was that's not how it's set up it's set up like a cafe so the alcohol actual aspect of it was very sort of behind the scenes kind of thing so it's not about like it's not you're not going down the pub to play a game you're going to a cafe you're more likely to drink tea and eat nachos than than um have you know beers and things so i think those sorts of environments hopefully are doing exactly what you're what 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 you're sort of saying that we need matt and i and and i i look forward to seeing them on sort of all the high streets really because i think there's there is definitely space for that okay well we're nearly nearly done um for today but um i did want to ask you whether you think that um that gaming um in this kind of social way this face-to-face way whether it be um uh puzzling advent calendars escape rooms murder mystery nights which we haven't even had a chance to talk about or um uh, whether it's um laser quest and you know board game cafes do you think that things are is it cooler now to play board games is it something that you can do on a friday night with your mates and it and not be not be consigned to the geek corner of the <laughs> of the playground what do you think well, i feel like it's more popular nowadays i don't know if it's just because everyone our age is doing it and it's the kind of generational thing that all of my generation is doing it or if it's like more widely across all generations but i'd like to think that it is more normal and more popular um nowadays i don't know how you feel matt i feel like this is part of them you had an excellent um uh description the other day gem and you were talking about you did your um your lecture about um how the society that we are in is one full of change and the one that came before us was one where you you were you knew exactly what you were you knew exactly what you were supposed to do whereas now we're post we're after that where everything is up in the air which makes it easier for people to do things that they enjoy without it being as big a deal because it doesn't matter and then there's also the element that under capitalism our generation is being squeezed so much more than the one before us and we don't have the energy to 
fit into every single kind of mold that they were expected to fit into just going i have to work 60 hours a week and my girlfriend has to work 60 hours a week to afford our one bedroom renting our one bedroom flat um and i enjoy playing warhammer with my friends so i don't have the time outside of that to care about those things um and then there's also the you can find anyone on the planet doesn't matter how how small or weird anything you might enjoy maybe there will be other people on the planet you can Mm -hmm. find and the more people can see things the more it is normalized which is why representation everywhere is so profoundly important because it means that someone who's never seen a heard anything written by a gay person can go oh my god there are millions of gay people all over the internet so i can go oh my people rather than thinking i'm weird and strange and alone the ability to find communities is bigger and so yeah i think this is part of and i think another step that needs to happen in order to make these spaces easier to to fill with diversity is more of what we were talking about in the episode where we're talking about men in looking at bar look at ken in the barbie movie and how he realizes that he needs to discover who he is without barbie and then he can coexist with barbies as equals and men in these men only spaces in order to make them accessible for women they need to work out who they are without women first Mm. so that when a woman walks in the door their first thing is oh there's a person coming in and then we're people and then relationships can grow organically out of that rather than thinking oh woman a potential a potential mate and because that that thinking of us in terms of genders immediately puts it even if you could be the nicest they could be the nicest men ever if they're stuck in that thinking which is not their fault it's what they've been taught to to be if they but that takes a a massive amount of self-awareness and it's not it takes a long journey for people to get there it's not easy for people to get there and there really isn't a precedent for it so i hope that that is the next stage in terms of gender relationships in these places um because just it's it's the pressure as well the amount of pressure that the patriarchy crushes down on everyone to fit into its mold is just it's devastating in every way and just if you can just get out from not thinking in those terms anymore we can be so much more relaxed and that's all i want for everyone i just want everyone to be relaxed and enjoy themselves um and yeah that's what i think thanks matt that was really interesting and insightful and uh as Alex, have you got anything else you want to add or just before I wrap up? No, I don't think so. I think I think I'm all good. <laughs> Fab. Well, I hope that this is I, I could hear the piano music. <laughs> yeah. I can hear it just l- playing us out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she is playing a sound. <laughs> she you. won't be amused. <laughs> um, yeah, now, well, I hope that this episode has made you um, think about um, 
games in these kind of games in a different way and i'm hoping that over the christmas period you'll um, have an opportunity to explore one or two of them if um with your friends and family would be nice and you know let us know how you find it let us know what you think let us know if you can recommend any um specific escape rooms or um, games cafes and um, games to play face to face Mm. with your friends um, and family or even with people that you've never met before so um, don't forget we have uh, something out every Thursday and um, you can find us on Patreon and you can um, support us via PayPal and all the details will be in the show notes so um, we will be doing a festive episode um, soon and um, before Christmas um, and um, so we look forward to seeing you for that and we've got more coming forever going forward so um, we'll see you very soon thank you very much thank you Alex and Matt and bye Take okay we hope you enjoyed that episode of Gaming the System. If you want to support us, you can donate to us through our PayPal by sending it to wearegamingthesystem at gmail.com if you want to send us a one-off donation. If you want to donate to us monthly, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash gamingthesystem. Until next time, bye-bye.